Good evening, church, and welcome to our Tuesday night e-revival. We're so glad that you've joined us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church in Palm Bay, Florida, and you're going to enjoy tonight's message by evangelist Chris Green. He is no stranger to any of us. What a powerful man of God. What a great evangelist. He and his family, we love them dearly. And you're going to hear a great word of faith that I believe is going to be a blessing to you and to your family and your home. And I'm going to ask you right now if you would just bow your heads and let's just begin with prayer and ask God's blessing and covering on us as we enjoy this message together. Now, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going forth and that, Lord, you're allowing us to be able to just fill the Internet with this gospel and with this preaching. I'm asking you, Lord, now as people are gathered together in their homes, around their iPhones, their devices, whatever it may be, Lord, I'm asking you, God, right now that as the word of God goes forth, that there would be something that would resonate in our hearts and in our minds, and that, Lord, we would receive from you. We know, God, that you are not restricted by time or place, distance or locations, but, Lord, your power, your word, your spirit is going to fill the atmosphere. And I'm asking, Lord, right now for a supernatural move of your spirit, I pray that you would release healing virtue into our homes and our families. I'm asking you, God, to deliver your people from this plague. I pray, God, that this coronavirus would dissipate in the name of Jesus Christ in this country. Let the word of God be lifted up. Let your name be lifted up. And I pray a blessing upon every home and every family and every person watching this in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I pray that you enjoy this message by evangelist Chris Green. God bless you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's so good to be with all of you tonight. Amen. I, I'm so excited that I have this opportunity to be in your homes or wherever you are watching this, which, which is just a testament to the opportunity that we have before us, because how often do you get to have church in your home like this? I know some of you pray and you have devotions in your home, but man, well, there's no greater place in the world than in your home to have a move of God like you have already been having and we're going to have tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say thank you to Pastor Myers, to all the leadership for inviting me to be with all of you and for this vision that we are going to have church in the midst of this chaos. Amen. I want to take you to the Word of God. I want to take you to John chapter 14, and I want to give you some time to get your Bibles out, get your phones out, whatever you got to do. I want you to read this Word of God with me tonight, just as if you were in church. However, we don't have a projector screen, so it's on you right now. You got to pull the Word of God up. And I want to warn you, we're about to have church right now. I'm going to be interactive with you. I'm going to ask us to lift our hands. I'm going to ask us to pray. And most of all, I want this church, East Wind, to preach with me because Probably the thing I love the most about this church is how this church preaches with the preacher. I feed off of you preaching with me, and I know I can't hear you preaching with me tonight, but I don't know if it's just the sound that I feed off of as it is the spirit of your worship, the spirit of sensitivity, the spirit of you receiving and responding to the word of God. And so I want you to preach with me. Don't be shy to say amen. Don't be shy to say hallelujah. Don't be shy to say preach it, preacher. Don't be shy to lift up your hands and clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. If you can't preach in your home, where can you preach? So I want you to preach with me tonight. If you're going to preach with me, would you say amen? Amen. I, f- I feel like you. everybody just said amen on that. So I want to read to you right now John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. These are the words of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus said in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, don't be afraid. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Verse 2, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Here it is. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Would you say those words with me? How can we know the way? But Jesus blew their minds in the next verse when he told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I want to preach to you from this subject. There is a pathway here. Would you say that with me? There is a pathway here. Turn to your neighbor if you're with somebody and tell them, there is a pathway here. Would you pray with me right now? Lord, we love you tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost right now, God. We thank you for this opportunity to come together. Thank you for technology allowing us to come together from different parts of the world, God, uh, that we could come together in mind and in one place, worshiping you in spirit and in truth. We give you our hearts tonight that you would speak to us, God. Create in us a clean heart. Renew within us a right spirit, Lord. Set us on your path tonight. Show us the pathway of the miraculous through the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fill everyone with the gift of the Holy Ghost that would be seeking tonight. Lord, I pray that you would convict people to be baptized in Jesus' name. Reveal your love to us tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody shout, Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen and amen. If you're standing, you may be seated in Jesus' name. I want to talk to you very quickly on some things that have been on my heart. Amen. Began this year in 2020, the first week of the year, the first week of January, at the General Conference of Australia. I was privileged to be there with friends and and ministers in the District of Australia, and I landed there with much smoke. Um, As many of you probably know, there has been brush fires and wildfires ravaging throughout the nation that has devastated homes and killed billions of animals and taken the lives of thousands of people. And we landed there in the midst of such an opposition and tragedy And uh, in fact, one of the days of that conference was canceled because of the smoke that had engulfed the city of Canberra that we were having church at, and as well as the National Convention Center that we were at. And and, uh, we were not able to have church on one of these days. But thankfully, God had moved the smoke out for us to reconvene and, and have the remainder of the conference. But on the first night of that general conference, Brother Alan Shaw preached a wonderful message on spiritual warfare. And It was that night that I went to the altar myself and God began to speak to me. And one of those, one of those ways that you know it's God, one of those ways that you can't manufacture or contrive that one of those special moments that, you know, God has spoken to me tonight and God spoke to me and said, 
Prepare yourself for a shift. Prepare yourself for a change. There's about to be a shift. There's about to be a change in the way you do ministry. And, and so I called my wife and she had told me that God had given her a similar word that night while she was back in the States and God had spoken to her that we needed to prepare ourselves and our families for God was about to do a shift. And, and over the next couple of weeks, it was amazing how people began to call us and we had about 10 different people over the next few weeks call and speak into our lives and prophesy into our lives that God was about to shift everything. There was a tongues and interpretation in one service where God said, I am, uh, excuse me, God said, because of the times that you are living in, he said, my coming is so soon that I am speeding up the process of which I bring people to me. I am speeding up the process of which I change the hearts of those that do not believe in me. He said, I'm speeding up that process of which people come to the altar and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and are baptized in Jesus' name. He did not say he's changing the process or changing the method or changing the doctrine. He said, I'm speeding it up because my coming is so soon. I believe that, that, that we are so soon to His coming that God is... Uh, I know this, this is layman's terms or human terms, but it's like God is working double time right now. He's working overtime, filling everyone He can right now with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, another prophecy spoke just a couple of weeks ago, in fact, before um, everything was shut down in our nation. And God said, I'm bringing a spiritual disturbance He said, I'm bringing a spiritual disturbance to bring desperation in my church and to bring hunger in lost souls. And we are seeing that happen today. He has pushed us out of the comfort of our church. He has pushed us off of our padded pew that we had our name on. He has pushed us out of our tradition, our routine, our ritual. And we need and we love all of those things. But He has pushed us out of those things that truly aren't necessary or essential to salvation. And He has pushed us into our homes. He has pushed us into our communities. And God is still pouring out His Spirit today. I have received so many text messages from friends and ministers and pastors uh, uh, videos of people receiving the Holy Ghost at home and people coming to churches to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's because this disturbance that we are experiencing today has brought about a spiritual awakening and a spiritual a hunger in people that never even thought about God, never even thought about going to church, but now their mind is on God. They're wondering, what do I need to do to be saved? They're asking the same question that they asked and Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. What must we do? And Peter responded and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But I'm thankful that Peter kept preaching in verse 39 and said, For this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall 
call. That's why uh, East Wind Church, uh, that's why my East Wind family who's preaching with me right now, I know you are. That's why you are experiencing what you're experiencing today. I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about the revival. You're experiencing revival today. Pastor Myers has cast vision that God has given him that we're going to see hundreds of people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in 2020. You've renovated your building. You have prepared yourself for a greater harvest for a greater church, for a bigger attendance, and for a bigger congregation. And isn't it funny? It seems that God is always contradicting our plans and contradicting His Word in some ways because God has given us the plans to expand our building and renovate our church. And the moment we're ready to move in, and the moment the padded pews, the new pews are ready, and the new lights are ready, and the moment the expansion is completed, God says, go home. God says, don't come to church. God says, don't use this building right now. It reminds me of what happened when the Israelites were just about to step in to the promised land. And God said to Joshua, He said, Joshua, tell the people to hold on for just a moment. The promised land ain't going anywhere. The promised land is still a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm still going to bring them into this land. He said, I know you've been marching for 40 years and I know you're excited and anxious to receive what you've been marching for, what you've been praying about, what you've been striving for. He said, but pause for three days and sanctify yourself. He said, I want you to consecrate yourself and find that love in my presence and find that relationship with my spirit. Sanctify yourselves for three days, Joshua. He said, for tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. So I know God has stalled the entrance into your new sanctuary, but God has not delayed His promise. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And I don't know all the details of what I feel in my spirit, but I know that God is just setting you up right now, East Wind. He is setting you up for the greatest revival that your church has ever seen. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody receive this word from God that God is setting you up for a greater harvest. He is setting you up for a greater demonstration. He is setting you up to see every person receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He is setting you up for every nation. He is setting you up for every demographic. He is setting you up for every neighborhood to be turned right side up or upside down, whichever way you want to see it. He is setting your church up for the end time harvest of His truth. Would you lift up your hands right now and say, God, use me as a vessel for your kingdom. Use my mouth to speak your word. Use my feet to march for your truth. Use my heart, God. Use my hands, God. I want to be a vessel for this end time harvest in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Australia, while we were there at the national conference, the, the, the fires were raging all over that city and in fact all over the nation. Ministers were there in attendance who had just lost their homes to the fires that week. Other ministers were there um, risking losing their homes uh, while they were attending that general conference uh, because there was a hunger there in that district, a hunger in that conference. The Lord gave me a word for that district on the final night of that conference and said to tell this nation, this district of Australia, he he said, while they see opposition, I see opportunity. While they see devastation, God said, I see 
deliverance. Tell this nation to seize the opportunity to take advantage of this opportunity. While they see a tragedy, God said, I see hope. Because in a nation where there were sinners who did not even think about God or think about attending church, He said, now because of this tragedy, there is a spiritual awakening. There is a spiritual persuasion that people are hungry for the truth. He said, tell my church to take opportunity of this situation, to take advantage of this opportunity and I feel this same word on me for this nation and for this church I want to tell every one of you right now who's listening to this word take advantage of this opportunity seize this opportunity go after what God has opened it may seem like an opposition but in the eyes of faith it is an opportunity for God to pour out his spirit on souls that had never even thought about God in Jesus name amen In fact, I remember the conversation I had with Pastor Doug Davis, who pastors in Long Island, New York, about a 40-minute train ride from Manhattan. I asked him, I said, Brother Davis, what was it like on September 11th 2001 when the Twin Towers went down. What was it like around here? He said it was pandemonium. It was chaos. It was, it was uncontrollable. The fear was, was uncontrollable. He said, but Chris, what was amazing is that this fear brought about a spiritual hunger in our city. He said, our church was standing room only for three months. He said, every day our, the doors to our church was open and people were at our church praying and seeking God. God. He said, we prayed more people through to the Holy Ghost and baptized more people in the midst of that situation than we had seen in years. That's what is happening right now in our nation. While some people are afraid, and maybe they should be afraid because it's a godly fear that should turn their hearts to Him. But I believe that while some people are panicking, the church is praising, saying, this is the day the Lord has made. God has set this opportunity in motion for the church to rise for the church to become the church. Amen. In fact, I was just preaching last Sunday in Atlanta, Georgia for Pastor John's and about half of the attendance was at home watching online because of the pandemic And I was so thankful to hear that several people received the gift of the Holy Ghost watching online that service. But there was a young girl who had never even attended the church, never even come into the sanctuary of that church. However, she was at her grandmother's house and her grandmother attends that church. And she told her grandmother while the service was happening, she told her grandmother, she said, Grandma, I need the Holy Ghost. I want to receive the Holy Ghost. And the grandmother was thinking, well, I've never prayed anybody through to the Holy Ghost and I don't know how to do it. So uh, she, she told her granddaughter, she said, well, we can call one of the pastors at the church and we can have them come give you a Bible study this week and, and we, can, we can pray later this week and God will give you the Holy Ghost. And the granddaughter said, No, Grandma, I want to receive the Holy Ghost right now. And so the grandmother said, Well, I don't know what else to do but pray. And so they began to pray and right there in the living room watching that service online, that daughter, that granddaughter received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I feel like somebody who's 
watching this right now. There's something you want from God. There's something you might need from God. And for a moment, fear has crept into your mind thinking, I'm going to have to wait till we can go back to that building. You don't have to wait for the building to open up. God's heaven is opened up. The gates of heaven are opened up. God's Spirit is available right now. Would you take a moment and lift up your hands and say, God, pour out your Spirit in my home. Pour out your Spirit in my living room. Pour out your Spirit on my family, on my son, on my daughter, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. There is a pathway here. There is a pathway here. I want you to notice in the psalm, in the book of Psalms 23, a famous psalm, probably the most famous passage of Scripture in all the Bible. The prophet David, he said in verse 1, if you want to pull it up in your Bible, in Psalm 23 and read along, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me on paths of righteousness for His name's sake. You might be asking, why do you keep emphasizing He? Because I want to emphasize who's in charge right now. Do you hear me? I said, I want to emphasize who's in charge right now. He is in charge. He's the one leading me. He's the one making me to lie down in green pastures, leading me beside the still waters. He's the one that's leading me on the path for His name's sake. But watch the next verse. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Wait a second. David just acknowledge the fact that God is the one leading him on paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And the next verse says that that path is leading me through a valley of the shadow of death. I've known a lot of people, including myself, that they want depth. They want to go deeper. But they don't want to descend the valley. They don't want to march down into the valley of the shadow of death. But if you want to go deeper in God, you've got to take opportunity. You've got to take advantage of the valley. And David said, He's leading me on paths of righteousness. Yea, though I walk through the valley, watch this, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse 5. You, God, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't be confused when the pathway of the miraculous leads you through a storm. Don't be confused when the pathway of deliverance leads you through a devastation. Don't be confused when the pathway of His power leads you through a situation that you cannot understand. David said, He leads me on paths of righteousness, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I want you to see what Jesus said in Matthew 24, and I'm going to hurry along. In Matthew 24, verses 4 through 14, 
Jesus gave us instruction and then talked to us. He talked to us about the end times and talked to us about prophecy, what we would call eschatology, the study of last things. And Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 4, it's very important that you hear these first two ingredients of the foundation of prophecy that Jesus gives to us. He says to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Number one, disciples, He said, Before I talk to you about prophecy in the end times, don't let anybody deceive you. Verse 5, For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and they're going to deceive many. Verse 6, And they shall, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Watch this. Here's step two. But see that you be not troubled. Do not be afraid. He says, before I can tell you about the last days and the end times, don't be deceived and don't be afraid. Watch what he says. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He's about to tell us the bad things that will take place in this world in the last days. But he says, this is not the end. The bad news is not the end. He says, the bad news will never be the end of my church. I will not let my church go down with the bad news of the world. Watch what he says. The end is not yet for verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, which is diseases, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9, he points to the church and says, They will deliver you up to be afflicted, and they will kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Just like David said, I'm on paths for his name's sake. Jesus said, you're going to go through some situations that's going to, people are going to hate you. People are going to reject you. They're going to despise you. They're going to kill you. But it's all about my name. Verse 10. And then shall many be offended and will betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But here comes the word of hope. He said, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And remember, he said, this bad news is not the end. Verse 14, he says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Watch this. And then shall the end come. Hallelujah. Jesus said, uh, all this stuff is going to go on. All this stuff is going to happen. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be uh, rioting. There's going to be panic. There's going to be pandemics. Uh, there's going to be viruses. There's going to be pestilences. Uh, there's going to be diseases and all sorts of stuff. Uh, wars and rumors of wars, backbiting and gossip and hatred. Uh, there's going to be all this bad stuff, but that will not be the end of my church. Uh, he says the end will only come uh, when this nation and every nation and every Every tribe and every kindred has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. You ought to take a moment and rejoice right now that the bad news is not your end. That the sickness is not your end. That the divorce is not your end. That your failure is not your finality. That your mistake is not your definition for the rest of your life. That your addiction is not going to define you for the rest of your life. It was bad news, but it was not the 
final news. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. He's the one who writes the end on my life. He's the one who puts the final punctuation mark on my church. And Jesus said the gates, I feel the Holy Ghost, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. This is my church and I'm not letting it go down. I'm bringing my church up. I'm bringing my church higher. But before it goes higher, I've got to bring it through some stuff. I've got to bring it through a valley. I've got to bring it through a storm. But don't be afraid because I'm the author. I can speak to your storm and say, Peace, be still. I wish somebody in your home would lift up your hands and say, God, you are in charge. And there is a pathway here. There is a pathway in my situation. Oh, I feel like prophesying hope to somebody. There is a pathway in my demise. There is a pathway in my defeat. There is a pathway in my failure. There is a pathway in my storm. Let me bring you just one more verse. I've got many more, but I've got to hurry because this is the word. This is a word I feel for the church today. Remember the Israelites were in bondage for 430 years and God brought them out through 10 plagues of Egypt and God brought them to the brink of an ocean called the Red Sea. But it wasn't over yet. Well, they thought that their situation was over because the Egyptian soldiers were marching behind them to kill them. They saw no way out. They saw a dead end in front and a dead end behind. They had no where to go. Whew. We used to sing that song and we say it a lot still that God makes a way when there seems to be no way. But I've never looked at this story as I do now until I just read this verse a few days ago. In Psalm 77, verses 16 through 19. And David wrote a, such a great perspective on this Miracle of the dividing of the Red Sea, which I've always thought was a big miracle. And maybe it was a big miracle to them, but it wasn't so big to God. And it wasn't so big to the Red Sea either. Because watch what David said in Psalm 77, verse 16 through 19. He says, the waters saw you. The waters saw you, O God. He's talking about the Red Sea, their obstacle. He says, the waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you. They were afraid. Hold on to that for just a moment. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent out a sound. Your arrows also flashed about. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was in the sea. Your path in the great waters and your footsteps were not known the first point i want to make to you in this passage of scripture is when david said the waters saw you and were afraid while the israelites were looking at the waters afraid the waters were looking at their god afraid while the church was looking at the opposition 
terrified. The opposition was looking at their God terrified. While the church was looking at the obstacle like it was a dead end, the waters were looking at God and saying, what are we going to do? And God was looking at the waters saying, church, while you see an obstruction, I see an opportunity. Because what does verse 19 say? I want to read it in the New Living Translation. David said, your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. Watch this now. A pathway no one knew was there. Woo! Hallelujah. While the Israelites, all they saw was an ocean, there was a pathway of the miraculous hidden beneath the waters. When all they could see was death, all they could see was drowning, all they could see was devastation, all they could see was defeat, God said, I see a pathway of deliverance. What we've got to do in this situation is close our perception and our eyes of the flesh and open our eyes of faith and say, God, while everybody else is seeing an ocean, I'm seeing your miraculous. While everybody else is seeing a Red Sea. I'm seeing a dividing of the waters. I'm seeing a path in front of me. I'm seeing a pathway that's already there. There is a pathway already here. I just can't see it. There is hope already here. I just don't see it. While I don't see it, I lift my eyes unto the hills and I see that my help comes from the Lord. I don't see how God can make a way in this situation. But Jesus told Thomas, He said, Thomas, you do know the way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In other words, Jesus was saying, the pathway is already here. There is a pathway here, Thomas. I am the pathway. I am your deliverance. I am your hope. Stop looking at the world. Stop looking at defeat. And lift your eyes unto Jesus and say, Jesus, you are my deliverance. You are my salvation. You are my help. You are my bread when I'm hungry. My water when I'm thirsty. There is a pathway here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just a few months ago, I preached a youth conference and stayed over in Ohio that Sunday morning and preached for uh, Brother Killer. And he came to me at the end of the altar call and said, I need you to pray for these two, two, these two teenage girls, their first-time visitors. This is how God can use such an impossible situation for an opportunity of salvation. I walked over to these two teenage first-time visitors I began to talk to them. And before I could lay my hand on either one of their heads, both of them started receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as God gave them the Holy Ghost. I knew there was a tremendous testimony behind the scenes. And I told them, I said, can we sit down and I want to hear your story? We sit down in the, the front pew and I said, now tell me your story, young lady. And the first girl said, well, two weeks ago I committed suicide. She said, we're foster sisters now, but two weeks ago I committed suicide. And the ambulance got there fast enough to resuscitate my body. She said, after I recovered, after several days of recovery, they called my mom. And they said, you can come pick up your daughter now from the hospital. And my mom responded and said, 
that's not my daughter anymore. I don't want anything to do with her. She said, and I've never heard or seen from my mother since. And the sheriff of the county came, picked me up, and took me to this foster home. The next girl told me such a similar story of tragedy and opposition when she told me, she said, 18 months I've been to seven different foster homes because 18 months ago my father was committed to prison for life for murder. He said that day he was put in prison. My mother drove away from my brother and I, abandoned us, and we haven't seen or heard from her since. She said a week later my brother could not handle the depression and he took his own life and committed suicide. She said from that point I began being placed in different foster homes all over the county. She said just this week they put me into this same foster home as my sister here, my foster sister here. She said, and we woke up this morning, Sunday morning, and our foster mom came in the room and said, wake up girls, we're going to go to church and we're going to find Jesus. She said, I don't know what church we're going to go to, but we're going to go to church and we're going to find Jesus. We got up and got dressed and this was the first church we could find. And they came to that altar that day in the midst of opposition, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of abandonment. They didn't. They had never been to church in their lives. They had never read the Bible in their lives. But with hunger, with desire, with desperation, in the midst of an opposition, when all they could see was an ocean in front of them, God said, I see a pathway that has already been laid before you. God filled both of them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh God, help us today to see the pathway that's already been laid before us. Help us to see your healing in the time of sickness. Help us to see your provision in the time of loss. Help us to see your direction in the time of confusion. Would you lift up your hands right now? This is the altar call right now. I'm giving an altar call right now. I need altar workers to get ready to pray for somebody in your home. If there's somebody needing a touch from God, I want you to pray for them. If you're not laying hands on anybody because of this virus, then I want you to speak the word of faith. And you tell them by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name in Jesus Christ, receive healing in your body. If someone needs the Holy Ghost, just speak it by faith today. Say, in the name of Jesus, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If somebody needs baptized in Jesus' name, contact your pastor and bring them to the church to be baptized. If they don't want to wait, then fill up your bathtub with water and baptize them in the name of Jesus because God is on His way back and He has divided the waters for us today. He has provided a pathway of the miraculous. He has provided a pathway of hope for us today. Would you pray right now? I'm going to log off. I'm going to get out of your way. But I want you to keep praying right now. Come on, let prayer be stirred up in your home right now. If your son or daughter needs the Holy Ghost, pray for them right now. If you have backslidden family members, pray for them right now. That the pathway would be provided for them. A pathway of hope and deliverance. Come on, stir up prayer in your home right now. Stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost in your home right now. I release the gift of faith. I release the gift of faith. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We worship you, mighty God. 
in Jesus' name. God bless you. Keep praying in your homes as you feel too. We'll see you next time in Jesus' name. God bless. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.